Show's over. Turn it back around. Probably something more interesting over that way. <clears throat> but, Arbiter friend! Thank you. Oh, it's still warm. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Not! I'm sorry. Did you mean to suck? But, Arbiter friend! This crap! Arbiter, you are my hero. Chief, you may be the dumbest best man I've ever met. You had to be the hero, huh? Well, now you're dead. Now you're a dead hero. And you're actually forgotten. I can't even remember your name. What what a coincidence that uh, the day we finish our, our f- first book, uh, you know, the new Halo multiplayer drops. Yeah, so now I got to go run over to my damn Series S after this. I got to search for it. I got to put in some money, and then I got to start a download so I can play no, the damn you, thing. You can um, uh, go to Game Pass. You have Game Pass, right? Yes, I do have Game Oh, I, I qualifies for Game Pass? Yeah. The multiplayer it's, does? It's, it's just the multiplayer today. And okay. Um, it's technically the beta, but it's it's the full thing. You do have to drop ten dollars for the game pass to like unlock stuff, but that's basically it. Kitty, get, get yeah, get. So, but, but yeah. you played you played like a month ago, didn't you? You played yeah. um you you was that beta con, was that considered a beta run or something? They call that a flight, and they they call it a flight to kind of like temper expectations. And this is really the first time I think they've used the word beta and considering they dropped it a whole month early kind of shows and right. I mean, a couple of days after like battle battlefield uh, 2042 kind of mm-hmm. like big dick energy, honestly. Like, yeah. I, you Didn't know, new the, call of duty just drop recently too. Vanguard in the last few weeks. Yeah. 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 So, and at all, all the, the multiplayer games that I played, infinite was the only one i was remotely like oh wow this is so good and even after i was done playing the multiplayer i was i was like itching i was like man and i went back to halo 5 to try to cure that itch and it it didn't even come close so man i'm I'm so (laughs) i'm so excited there were rumors this weekend but um, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to blaze through all um let's see remember i downloaded the uh, master chief collection because i want to play through them all before infinite comes out so i got about a month to play more gaming to do more gaming than i've done in like the last two years total so oh man i gotta i got my my plate is full with that <laughs> well if, if you want to like comb through it on like easy with me i have no problem doing that because like the only one you really need i think right now is five um yeah because stuff goes down with cortana but outside of that it's a it's supposedly a fresh start for Sure, people, but I well, I played I, really I played that. everything but five, so I'll probably just blaze through the early ones. Is my plan? Um, no, I was playing through the first one. I think I mentioned that on a previous pod, but um, I am gonna just quit where I'm at, and I'm just gonna go back and play Reach because Reach I want to do it chronologically, much like we're doing in the pod here. So, yeah, uh, that's the plan there. Uh, I'm gonna have to change my gamer tag though. Maybe I should change my gamer tag to like splendid dust of ancient suns <laughs> or something like that. I, I changed mine mine was like pinche caski which which is fucking caski in spanish because that's the name i was kind of given when i worked in the kitchen before i enlisted but uh i recently changed it to didax daddy oh there you so. go that's pretty good that, <laughs> that one wasn't taken huh no it was oh he's not we're recording we're, are you yeah, are you recording right now thorian historian uh, all right. <laughs> now you, I mean, you can listen if you want. Did he go already? 
I don't. I guess so. No, he's still here. I, I guess he's gonna listen to us. We're doing the lore cast. The Authorian historian just jumped in our uh, voice channel here on Discord, so that was the uh, little odd moment we had there for anybody listening. So just a heads up on that. But our, f- our um, first live patron. Yeah, we have a live listener right now. The Authorian historian is gonna listen live to this record of the Halo lore cast. Very exciting. What was I saying? By though? the way. I d- I, oh, you were um, saying you were saying your gamer tag, Didax Daddy. I'm gonna change mine to like mendicant bias or something. I don't know. I got a <laughs> something Halo theme. I don't know. We'll find. I'll figure something out. I'm good at these stupid can, word plays. Um, uh, I I I totally blanked. I was gonna say something. I totally blanked. Uh, but to be fair, like uh, on top of all this other stuff, we were called uh, um, fuck. <laughs> You're it's been a long fuck? day. I'm literally in my work clothes. Um, oh, okay. Uh, lore Lords. We were called Lore, lore Lords. Lords? Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. We had like 80 people, 80 people who've listened in the past couple of weeks, which is pretty fucking good. You know? How about that's this? How about this one? How about this one? Chief Masturbator. How about that? That'd be a good <laughs> tag, right? <laughs> that's stupid. Sorry. That's probably, that's probably taken. I don't know. <laughs> But then again, you know, nowadays ev- everything's almost like you can't have Bader or Master in it because yeah, you got to get those. <laughs> you got to do the. Uh, you got to get creative with the uh, the various. You know, like uh, with your like asterisks, your exclamation marks. You know, you just go through the like pronunciation and just try to make fake word. You know, it's you know you can make the fake words. So it shows what it is, but it's not really saying it, and it gets by their little filters. You know. That kind of makes me want to go on Reddit because I did this the other week, and my wife doesn't indulge. Um, my wife doesn't indulge me when I try like Hot Rod, the movie Hot Rod. Um, she oh, hates the one. movie Hot Rod because she doesn't like stupid funny, and okay. I'm offended by it. But I try. So she's to not a big her, Dumb and Dumber stan. I'm assuming. No, she's more like. Yeah. Uh, I like she's more of like I like Bo Burnham, which I like Bo Burnham, too. But sure, she she can only laugh at like certain things, which is fine. But I don't know. There, I, was, I find something eternally humorous about a man about to shit his pants or something along those lines. <laughs> you know, I think it just it transcends time and space. I, you know, you could take, you know, I hope when the aliens come after we've all just died away because we just nuked the planet. I hope they find like just a copy of like the thirty seconds of Jeff Daniels on the toilet and Dumb and Dumber just firing out his ass. You know, that'd be a good representation of that. That that's the one piece of art I want left behind. See, I know that if I was ever abducted and they tried to probe me, that I would Dutch oven them, and then it would be chemical warfare. And from that point on, I like I would get the gold cookie. All the shit my wife has given me over the last almost four years, it 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 added up to a certain moment that elevated and transcended my humanity but there's i got on the subreddit god i'm everywhere and i was trying to have her indulge me with these gamer tags because i was trying to figure out one and i i came across a a couple funny ones and she just wasn't having it so here's a couple of them my cousin's husband are you asking for my critique on them no, no, these are just funny gamer tags. Okay, uh, all right. <laughs> you the, um, it says, my cousin's husband's gamer tag is, I got, I forgot to pull out 4X. They have four kids. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Maybe it's one of the kids on there as a guest, too. You never know. Got to share with those kids. <laughs> I saw a dude yesterday called Morbidly Obese. Morbidly Obese? That's a decent one. 
Oh, that's a good one. That's a good play on words. That's a good play on words. I'll give that a seven out of ten. That's solid. Let's see. Um, Halo Five recently, I paired with the Dildact, and it cracked me up for some. The Dildact? That's good. I like that too. <laughs> see, it's the play on words. That's what you got to do. You got to do the play like, on words. Like somebody said, I played with the guy last night named Buka Cockalypse. Oh no. Cockalypse? What does that even mean? Is that something? The best name. I'm trying to think of the best name ever. The best player I've ever seen is not necessarily the best name, but it's a player named uh, Select Panda on Xbox. And we were playing, me and my buddy Nick were playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And this must have been, I don't know what year that came out, 2009? I don't know. The first one. And <laughs> so we're into this round. Uh, I think it's on Ambush. And Ambush, you start on like two sides of a town and there's this big road that goes down the middle. It's probably not Ambush, but we'll call it Ambush. So we spawn at the one side of the town, and Select Panda just cooks two grenades and just chucks them over, right? He kills the entire enemy team with the grenade. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like the dude went like 40 and something, like 40 and like two or something like that in this round. We were just blown away by Select Panda. So my buddy Nick sent him a friend request just because we were so blown away by Select Panda. It's still pending to this day, and he hasn't signed on. <laughs> the guy, the guy threw, the guy killed, did the grenade kills, and then I think he just logged off. He's like, "Well, I've he ascended to like the highest plane of existence in that moment, and just never came back." It's incredible. Oh Jesus! See, I've never, I've never ever um, had a, an experience like that. Like the closest I've had to an experience like that, and it's not even close to like that, is Battlefront Two. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a glitch and they used to reward you like battlefield, um, experience points for spawning on a squad mate. And there was an exploit for that, that glitch. And so the thing was, is you had to die at a certain moment and spawn in at the exact same time. And you would just spawn and spawn and spawn and spawn on them. And basically what they would get is infinite XP throughout the whole match. Okay. <laughs> and I did this for all of my squad mates because I was just testing it out. And then I got my wife on my squad and had her do it to me. <laughs> and I got some dude that was like, I'm going to report you and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I pulled it up in my messages. It says, I reported you and do it again. I kill you. And I'm like, bro, what the? F I, I helped you out. You You maxed out everything. I don't care. It's like, oh my god, people are so ungrateful. <laughs> just yeah, just very ungrateful of that man there. It's too bad. I remember like That's World at War. I love that game, and I stepped away from it for like a year. And when we came back, like Activision had clearly like gotten bored with like maintaining anything or regulating anything. <laughs> and yeah. there's just like so many like mod hackers on an Xbox, and they're just like dudes like floating in the air, shooting at everybody as they fly above the map and shit. <laughs> like, oh god, those fucking gosh, Activision man, fuck those guys. That's See, all I gotta and say about the, Activision. yeah, I mean, act fuck Activision. Halo's better, but like, um. The, the crazy thing is I haven't played a Call of Duty game, really, since Modern Warfare 2. And I remember, like, when Modern Warfare 3 came out, I, I didn't even touch it because uh, it looked the same <laughs> as Modern Warfare 2. I played Black Ops, um, and then from that point on, I didn't touch any of them. And Battlefield, 
became the game that I play. Battlefield 3, I didn't like 4. Battlefield 1 was good, and then I haven't touched that since. And then I played the Battlefield 2042 beta, and I just thought that was just hot ass, just straight garbage, and probably the worst thing I've played all year long. So, you know, also yeah, my Wi-Fi like, kicked up. I go, Call of Duty's like kind of the ones where... Uh I, I go back every now and then just because a few of them like were just so ingrained in me like modern warfare and then black ops like we played the shit out of that game but it's never been able to like there's been some decent releases but it's never been able to like recreate that feel for me so my friends and I we go back a lot of times like we went back for uh what's the one that came out black ops 84 whatever the fuck it was last year I think it was called uh, you know, yeah uh, uh, Black Ops, no Cold idea. War, Cold War, Cold War Black Ops. That was one. Black Ops, Cold War. Um, so we went back for that. It's a decent game, but I don't know. There's just, black for me, the first Black Ops was like the last great multiplayer Call of Duty. It was like so It was just, good. it was very, very, very good. Um, it was so, so there's been good. some okay Even releases. The, the campaign, like, like the new Modern Warfare, I actually really love that. Like, I love the campaign, and then... I started playing the multiplayer, and I'm like, I can't believe that I'm enjoying this as much as I did. And then they nerfed like the M4, and from that point on, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. And something, you know, back to Halo because this relates to Halo. Something I appreciate that about 343 is the assault rifle and other Halo games is kind of booty hole. Like you don't use it, and in Halo Infinite, it's an extremely viable weapon. And everybody was like, you need to patch it; it's too powerful. And they were like, nah. We're not going to do yeah. that. So, you know, thank you. Now I'm going to stick around and play. <laughs> My favorite Halo yeah. gun of all time is the pistol in Halo 1. When you do, when you would just oh. do split, local splits, because it wasn't online. So you just had to do local split screen or you could do, if you had two Xboxes, you could do like the LAN party. Um, but local split screen with that fucking pistol is insane. That pistol is fucking nuts, man. It's like a sniper rifle. It's, it's so beast. It's so OP in that game. It's funny because when I was playing, um, I was I was trying to get my wife not into Halo, but just experience Halo. And that's like something we're doing now. Like we just experienced God of War. Now we're working on The Last of Us. But I tried Halo and she wasn't into Reach. And I don't blame her. That's not my favorite. But we did CE and I was trying to talk to her. I was like, listen, you need to use the pistol. Don't use the AR. And she started using the pistol. She's like, so this is the best gun in the game? I was like, yeah, you're goddamn right. It's the best gun in oh, the yeah. game. But I will say that Halo 5's pistol, now that sucker. <laughs> Got a lot of kills with that thing. <laughs> it's nice. But I, I like Halo 2's like little Glock-looking um, side piece. Like I understand that a lot of people don't like it, but I like that one. And then Infinite's side piece. Oh. I was My fine Lord. with the pistol in Halo 2, but I just think coming out of Halo 1, like, people adored that gun. <laughs> so, it's just, you know, oh, yeah. it was, so it was, a, you know, it was just kind of a, it was kind of a thing where people just didn't want to let that go. So, they're probably pissed about it. I don't know. You weren't, you're not a big Halo 2 guy, though, are you? I don't, see, that's the thing. I don't mind Halo 2. It's just not the one that I experienced because the way it worked out is I went to a friend's house and they were playing Halo 3. And this was in 2007, and I'm like, "Ooh, what's that?" And I played that, and then from Halo Three, I, and I didn't play it for the story either. It was just fun. Mm -hmm. And from that point, I went back to CE, and then I didn't play Halo Two until uh, they remastered it for the Master Chief Collection because I didn't have 
sure. an OG Xbox. So, I mean, that was kind of like I just didn't have hands-on with it, like Reach, ODST. I played those Halo 4 and 5. I was in the military, so I was kind of hands-off with those. Yeah. So, I mean, Halo I 2 was just the last one. Halo 2, you know, in the early days of online console gaming, like that was the first one that sticks out to me that like... You know, I, I went to the midnight release at a GameStop. It, there's some, there's like a certain, there's like an innocence surrounding that game for me, where it was just a, uh, it was a different time, a time that can't be recreated. I just remember like lying out the door of people that didn't pre-order, and then like the people that did pre-order, we got in the special line, we got to walk right in and like stare at them all as we left. It was, we got like a special like little bag and <laughs> all this shit, and then I, you know, you the. Back in the day with the Xbox Live, I mean, it was just, you know, what year was that? It must have been 2004 or 5 when Halo 2 oh, came yeah. out. Oh, and on a, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, it's it just, you know, just the odd connection issues that you would run into. And then, yeah. but I don't know, just the idea of like finally like having this like game that like had a very strong multiplayer built into it. Because back then we would buy games just if they had like the Xbox Live tag on it because we're just trying to find more games to play together online because it was like it was still this like burgeoning new thing, you know. But then by the time 360 rolled around, like everything was integrated in that way. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting era of gaming there. Well, 360 was like like the first like uh, like the original Xbox, like, you know, sad story, like. My mother, Santa Claus, got me an Xbox for Christmas, and then one day I came home and my Xbox wasn't there. Turns out that my mom couldn't afford to pay for it because she was making payments on it, and that's how I found out Santa Claus wasn't real. So that was like, oh, <laughs> like geez. one of my first. Co- yeah, I know it's fucked, and that was like one of my first consoles was the Xbox, and I I'll never forget putting it on the TV and hearing like wow, but. I I never had another console really until the Xbox 360, and at that point. I was like, okay, online games. And I had no idea that the original Xbox actually had online games or anything like that. Um, and Xbox, for their 20th anniversary, played uh, like snippets of their history. And that shit made me cry because I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, uh, this this thing has really been around. Like, it showed like the Halo 2 launch and uh, the Halo 3 trailers, which are so damn good. And. Halo 3 ODST, when that came out, that was kind of like my big midnight release hoopla. And that's not like one of those big Halo games for a lot of people, but that was the game that I fell in love with. And like from a certain point. I like that game quite a bit. That's a pretty good game. Oh, yeah. And I I think it's incredibly underrated. And this is technically, from like a certain standpoint, this could be like the first actual Halo drop that I've actively been able to be a part of because like i said four and five i i was in the military so sure yeah i mean i'm looking up halo 2 now so november 9th 2004 so we just passed the 17th anniversary of halo 2 which is just disgusting to me i'm getting so old <laughs> it's fucking have you crazy. played um the anniversary uh i mean no the well i have the master Ooh. chief collection what's the anniversary they released an anniversary Ooh. version of it or yeah in the master chief collection everything's okay yeah remastered yeah that's what i assumed it was um but no i have not it's fun when i'm playing the the first one i just compl- i just get really like obsessive with switching between the old graphics and the remastered <laughs> just like hitting that fucking button all the time well you you think that's crazy do uh just tonight like pick a random mission for halo 2 anniversary 
and flip between those two games because Jesus, there's a there's a huge difference. That's like going from you know Halo Five to Duke Nukem back in the day. Like, jeez, they went that hard on that different. one, huh? Yeah, I mean, they the one upgrade was pretty huge, them. pretty huge on the first one on Combat yeah, Evolved. The, the second yeah. one is is a whole lot bigger. Like you can go on YouTube real na- real fast and like type in like Halo Two Anniversary First Mission, and you'll be able to see like the first cutscene, and yeah. it looks. Oh my god, it looks so good. So I'll damn good. And, and that's how I experience Halo 2. So I mean, I guess I'm kind of grateful for that. Uh Yeah, I mean, we'll get a Halo 3 anniversary. I don't but the the funny thing was like just going back to like Halo 1, like those graphics at the time were like mind-blowing, you know. It's just you go and like I, they just released the GTA series, the first three. They re-released yeah. those. Um, and they and they had yeah. like the music to go with the trailer, like yep. uh like um um what is it the 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 couldn't get away and then they had like the mafia um music for GTA four mm-hmm. and I'm like ah oh, damn like yeah but just like damn. even that I remember when fucking that first one came out and GTA up until then had just been like this um overhead style game very cartoonish looking um never really got into it but then GTA three came out and just blew me away man like that game was super like we've had like we had uh you know we had like things like super mario 64 open world games to a certain extent but this was by far the biggest open world attempt to date when rockstar put out gta 3 but like the graphics on it were just incredible at the time but you look at them now and it's just like holy shit this is hideous you know it's just crazy (laughs) to think about well, well uh, shit, the you, authorian historian just wrote something to us in chat. They pulled the GTA collection because it sucks. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, there's a whole bunch of issues with like how they uh, retextured and remastered some of the assets. So they got to they got to rebuild it. And yeah, and what what <laughs> what's crazy about it is like you look at GTA Four and then you look at like Red Dead Redemption Two, and it's like <laughs> shit. You look at the first Red Dead and go to the second Red Dead. And yeah. like you play the 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 first Red Dead on like the Series S or X, and you're running at uh, 60 to 120 frames per second, it looks so clean and so good. But damn, that's still a technological leap. Yeah, and I'm kind of I'm kind of butthurt that they pulled the uh, the trilogy collection because uh, the next games Kaylee wanted to play after Red Dead were GTA. <laughs> Bummer. Because. Um, well, Red I'm assuming they they got to get that patched up and then they'll re-release it. I mean, that seems to be a thing where they push things out like the cyberpunk disaster. Um, just the these games that aren't ready for release. Game. Yeah, oh, but it, the amount of complaints about some of the issues people yeah. were having, it was like it sounded like they just pushed it too soon. They should have. It would have been better off if you delayed a month and just fix what's wrong and then release it so you don't get all this negative PR. I'm sure it's a great game, you know, after everything got patched, but... Well, that that's a crazy thing. It's also like like a hand like it's a it's also false advertising because the way they marketed the game was like this open world experience that was unlike any other. And I can sit here yeah. and say that I thoroughly enjoy the game, but it's not an open world game like any other. Like you need the ray tracing and the assets on like a gaming PC and PS4, and they haven't even released the next gen like the the Series X PS5 because that's been delayed and. Like mm-hmm. Cyberpunk was delayed over and over and over again, and then it goes back to last year, Halo Infinite being showed at uh, I think it was E3, um, and they had pop-ins and texture pop-ins and things like that, and they were like, "Fuck it, we're delaying this whole game for a whole year." And then now you look at the the textures and the assets on on this game, it's unfucking believable. Yeah, and like I I don't understand like 
I get that 343 has had a shitty pass, and so has, like, Microsoft when it comes to Halo and things like that. But, like, the fact that they took a year to reevaluate everything, and then they were still able to drop most of it early. Yeah. And, like, that takes some big balls, and other game developers can't even do that. It's like, okay, I get that we're testing the customer's trust, but if you push out a product like that, then what's the point of waiting? You know what I yeah. mean? So. Yeah, I, like I can appreciate a delay if it's for good reasons. Like you know, if they push, oh, yeah. they did push back a year, and that's fine with me. I mean, if they had major issues, much better to delay it than release a piece of shit. As far as I'm concerned, so I'm totally cool with that. You know, it, it doesn't bother me all that much if they have to do that. Um, I don't know. It's just like no matter what Cyberpunk does, it's always going to have that tethered to it now you know um yeah it, it, that's they're not going to be mean, able to live down that awful launch and it's just like well why did you fucking do that to yourself and i mean cg cd project red did you know like the witcher 3 like fucking imagine that you do yeah. like the witcher 3 and you shit the bed with one game and because of that like your whole history is fucked yeah like imagine you put out game of the year arguably one of the greatest games of all time and you shit the bed so hard that people don't even look at you the same. Now, whenever um, a studio puts out a like a message on social media, it's got that stupid fucking JPEG file with like, oh, our dearest con- uh, like um, our dearest apologies, we're pushing the game back. Now that's uh, synonymous with CD Projekt Red, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, or you Ridiculous. could just go Activision's route and just have like, um, <laughs> I mean, still to this day when I'm playing Black <laughs> Ops Cold War, like I enjoy it, I have fun with it, but. Like you, you know, you get dropped into like a team deathmatch, and like half the map hasn't rendered yet, and you're like, "What the hell?" So you got to run around for a little bit before the full map renders. Like there was a thing uh, that when I was playing the other night, like we were on a cruise ship, and no, uh, it was like a naval ship, and <laughs> like the the rail hadn't uh, rendered yet, like when the match started. <laughs> so I was just like, "Oh, let's see if this if it blocks me or not," and I literally just ran off the side of the ship and killed myself. Jesus Christ. Because it takes sometimes oh. with these maps, it takes like 15, 20 seconds for them to fully load, but the game's already started. It's so weird, man. It's and yeah, that's that's and we're like a year no into that use. game, and that's an original map, and it's still doing this shit. I'm just like I, I don't know. I mean, they that's I, wish, I think yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. I, I'm, no, I'm just I would rant about it. It's just like. You know, I wish they wouldn't release a new Call of Duty every year because maybe they would start paying attention to some of the problems with the one they forced out uh, yes. last year. And and now, but no, we got to get Vanguard out. So now they're going to Vanguard. And then if there's issues with Vanguard, they probably will just get closer to the release of the one next November and they won't do shit about it. That's what drives me nuts about like, Call of I, Duty. I, I seriously, did you play the Battlefield 2042 beta? Like I never, I maybe, like maybe. Whole, I don't. Holy fucking shit. Like, you want to talk about technical difficulties. Like, the the textures were popping in and out and not like, oh, there's a tree 400 meters away that's phasing in and out. No, I mean, like, the map was turning inside out and flashing, rules. like... <laughs> yeah, 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 flashing, um, like, just regular color, but it was, like, flashing as if, like, a police light was just beaming you in the fucking eyes over and over and over. So all those things were happening at the same time. And, like, I, I had matches where I was shooting somebody directly in the head and it was missing, so hit detection was also off. So all these things were happening while aerial vehicles are, like, phasing in and out with their clouds of destruction. So, like, all of this shit's happening and I'm just getting butt-fucked by it. It's just, 
it's so bad and i don't understand how like you have something like the xbox series x which is extremely powerful it runs at a native 4k or you have ps5 with their great ssd and like checkerboarded 4k or a fucking pc and game developers are like yeah but we're working within like a limited framework it's like no you're not you know you're not developing this shit on the sega genesis like you have an infinite amount of power and wisdom to create something but i i seriously hate this model of games every year like madden like I love football, but fuck, Madden is so just ass. I have not played a Madden since probably 08 or 09. I just, and I used to be, I used to buy it every year. And I just, oh, yeah. I can't do it anymore. I just, oh. I, it does nothing for me anymore. Nothing. 05 was, was the, the peak for me with like Ray Lewis and like you get on the main menu and you see like the animation of like, Play by plays. It's yeah. Just, oh, no. Yeah. That that that, that line that was in Xbox and PlayStation Two from like I don't know. I think like O two O one. I think I think it's the Eddie George one. O one through O five O six. Right around that time is that was the best mat run of Madden. I believe. I think they had the they had oh, yeah. fucking Dante Culpepper one. I remember. Um, but I think that was yeah. Those, those were the they were the most fun. Like, and the creative player was fucking awesome in that mode. It was fucking great. Um, it was the smooth. Create a stadium. Yeah. Create a fan. Yep. They had all that cool stuff. Um, and then I don't know. Like, 06 came out, and I believe that was the Donovan McNabb cover. Um, and I, it was still really solid for Xbox and PlayStation. But the problem is, um, the problem was. I also got that's when 360 dropped, so I got the 360 version, and it looked great compared to everything we've ever had. But the game was just naked. There's just nothing there, you know. <laughs> and it just, yeah. and it, I don't know how they are now because I haven't played them in a long time. But it, I, and when I gave up, like it was clear that they still didn't have a grasp on the next generation of consoles. Like it just, they just sucked. They weren't fun for me. They weren't. Uh, Nothing can ever really replicate those, like, that early aughts. Those games were fucking sweet. As somebody who still plays Madden periodically, like, the the the, the PS2 to, like, PS3 jump was ass. The PS3 to PS4 jump was ass. The PS4 to PS5 jump was actually good. Like, and that's, that's weird, but not good in, like, oh, you know, now it's a simulation-based game. No, it's, it's more so, like okay, well, these are the different features. Like, there's um, a feature of crowd noise now. So, like, like the old NCAA games um, yeah. where crowd noise takes an effect. There's also um, next-gen stats, which is a really weird thing because it doesn't it doesn't do anything in the game, but the, the game itself um, runs an algorithm with next-gen stats in real life and how they play in real life reflects on how they play in the game. Mm. online but not in franchise uh they just did a scouting overhaul but it's still it's not simulation based it's animation based and you know if if you throw if you throw a like a, a streak to um i don't know somebody's number one receiver and you have five yards distance and the cornerback is able to close that gap because of a suction animation like I don't care. I can't. Ah, yes, the good old <laughs> suction animations on tackles; those are always fun. You just get in the general area of the player, and it's just, it's yeah. just like it just absorbs them like the blob. Or, or it's like you know they 
people used to run stretch plays to get around yeah. the edge because the defensive end contain was broken. And there's no such thing as defensive ends anymore. They can't even fix that. There's edge rushers and, you know, there's a uh, hybrid linebackers, but that's a conversation for a different time. Um, so their um, thought process to fixing the stretch play was, well, if you hold down the sprint button behind the line of scrimmage, then the defensive ends will get a block shed increase and you'll probably be tackled. It's like, but that's not how real life works. Yeah. You know, if if Adrian Peterson eight years ago like took off from the line of scrimmage, as soon as he gets the ball and gets 15 yards without any contact, it's not like the defensive end was like, now I'm Superman. Yeah. You know, it's stupid shit like that, man. And, and game developers do that in different ways. But in Madden, it's just like it's so obvious because it's so fucking lazy, and it's the same shit. Speaking every of year, like same thing for two K. It's just funny every year when like um you know when Madden drops and people start posting like the odd things that characters do and just like the odd glitches that they run into. Like um I don't even know there was a guy. <laughs> what was that video with uh I think it was Darren Sharper and he picked fuck Darren Sharper but <laughs> he uh. <laughs> The character in the game, the guy that was playing, like, Sharper broke his leg and he left him in the game. And so, like, <laughs> you see him, he intercepts a ball and he's just dragging his fucking leg behind him and running for a touchdown. And the commentary that the guy has is fucking gold. I don't know. I don't know why I thought of that, but it was just I very just, funny. Just think, well, speaking of injuries and, like, Madden, it'll be like, like, your offensive lineman will stand up and it'll be like, he it says like broken leg and then he like does an animation to where like he phases back to where like he lands on the ground or what will happen is he'll walk off on the sideline holding his arm and it'll say broken leg. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> did you uh, uh I don't know the authorians in here listening. Did you watch the Monday night game last night? Oh god. Man, they had to they had to warm up right before the Cowboys, didn't they? It was um well I mean that but did <laughs> um oh it was Greg Jennings that broke his leg but he's being chased by Darren Sharper that's what it is <laughs> the Thorian doesn't want me to mention I just I just but it relates Thorian I have to say it when when uh, did you see the deep ball that Deshaun Jackson got <laughs> and then he does like he like loses his bearings he like loses his bearings and then fumbles the ball it was the most Madden ass move I've ever seen like yeah, a character just glitching I was like what the fuck did he just do it sorry like you were press it, it looked like you were pressing up on the joystick and you just let loose and he kind of did like a stutter yes step. yeah like, it was so <laughs> weird and then he just like threw the ball <laughs> oh i hope uh um fucking what is it greg rosenthal or that's not his name the developer on madden sees that because that's what your fucking game looks like it's a piece of shit I just oh, uh, I just God. put that in chat. The uh, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's got Greg Jennings has got a broken leg. <laughs> I I seriously can't believe that the Chiefs decided to drop a forty burger right before the Cowboys game. Like I'm I'm fucking butthurt now. Now the Chiefs have uh, Vegas betting odds by two and a half minus. Oh, they do. Half, Is it in KC? Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's road why. games are tough. Road games are tough. I don't know. I still ah, like Dallas in that game. The, the yeah, I mean they've lost one away, which was to the Bucks, barely, and then they got demolished at home to the fucking Broncos. So you know, NFL's weird. Could be NFL's weird, so weird, wild, weird. wacky game. Cooper Rush so taking it to the Vikings. Very weird. <laughs> I knew uh, that was happening. Know, and, man, 
I've uh, you know any anytime something like old Cowboys wise because that's some shit that would happen to the Cowboys because it did because Colt McCoy tore up our sorry ass when RG three got hurt so fuck that guy um God that's such a or Dallas thing Taylor time, Heineke taking it to the Bucks yesterday man Taylor Heineke oh man, I know it's, he was the Vikes like third stringer for a long time. There was like a sports analyst that was like, uh, it showed Brady and Heineke hugging. It was like passing of the torch. And so I posted the meme. Are you kidding me? Of, Someone uh, said passing the torch? On. Like, no, no, <laughs> no bullshit. No bullshit. Get on my Twitter and look at the meme I posted because uh, 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 Ben over there will uh, sympathize. I mean, it's a nice win for yeah. them, but like passing the torch, like, can we calm down about Taylor Heineke here? Like, can we calm down? He's That's like, a well, 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 well. Uh, you know, uh, here I'm gonna send it to on your Twitter. This <laughs> that's the that's the meme I put because it inevitable. It's an inevitable. Like, that's that's <laughs> the comparison. Ithorian, <laughs> have you watched Greg Jennings? The video I posted there for you, <laughs> Greg Jennings, <laughs> broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh Madden, dude! Oh my god! It, oh, yeah, no, no, no. like the guy's playing. He's backed up to the one yard line. Gre- Greg Jennings has a. Uh, oh, that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> I now have that. <laughs> Passing the torch. What, uh, what is the last good a, Washington quarterback? Well, I guess Cousins was the best thing they've had in the last like thirty Mark years. Mark Brunel. Mark, Mark Brunel, Brunel for a year. Um, <laughs> no, like Cousins was oh, literally the best quarterback they've had in the last 30 years. I think since Mark the Eisman broke his leg, so, probably. Well, I mean, uh, Mark Rippon won a Super Bowl here against uh, Buffalo at the Metrodome. Um, yeah. um, I think. I wouldn't say he was. I mean, he had a good year, but I wouldn't say he was like a great quarterback. Like, he had a year. Because I think Mark Brunel actually led him to the playoffs a couple years in a row because I remember. Mark Brunel um, torching us fondly because he's... I remember when we were the only team in the NFC East who really didn't have a quarterback. Um, And then we got Romo and wasted an entire Hall of Fame offense. And then now we're going to do the same with Dak. Um, You're really down on this team. (laughs) No, I, I think this team is the best team that we've had since 2014, which... I think we should have went to the Super Bowl, but Des didn't catch it. And oh, is that Mike the Green McCarthy, Bay game? Yep, and, and Mike then, McCarthy was the head coach in that one. Ah, yes. But, but then uh, Green Bay, <laughs> after they won yep. that game, they went to Seattle, and that's where they blew like a 14-point lead in like two minutes, right? Yep. And that was awesome. We were, I that was so w- we delicious. Were hoping, the Cowboys fans were hoping to play Seattle because we handed Seattle – their first loss at the beginning of the year, not handedly, but we like, they came in and like showed them up. So we were like, man, if we can just get past the Packers and fuck no, Des didn't catch it. And those, this team, that team are the only two teams that I felt like had Super Bowl potential since the 90s. Cause the 2017 went 13 and three. I knew we were going to lose to the Giants. That's just mm-hmm. such a Cowboys thing. And, Man, we we got Romo, we got a uh, Hall of Fame offensive line, we had Des Bryant, we had a great defense, we had DeMarcus Ware, fucking Hall of Famers all out the fucking window. And then now we have fucking Dak and Zeke. Like, they've been in the league for six years. Six years already. No, it's you pretty know? interesting it's, when you have, like, these talent. Like, the Vikes have had an insane amount of talent in the last 
six, seven years. And all we have to show for it is getting blown out in one NFC championship game. That's it. And they've had some of the best defensive talent I can fathom. Like Harrison Smith, fucking Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, all these guys. Just monsters. Just monsters and just nothing. Like, I remember um, we... It wasn't that Packers game. It was the year, I think, I think we beat Philadelphia three times in that year. We beat them in the wild card game. Um, and then we played Minnesota in the divisional round. And I remember... Favre's year. Yep. I remember being like, nope, I don't like this at all. And immediately I was just like, we're 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 gonna get blown out, aren't we? And everybody was picking was Dallas in that game. Oh, I no, it's Favre because like. Well, the thing I was have, like the Dallas, Vikings had a shit. They started really hot, but they kind of ended the year bad, and they lost the number one seed yeah. to the Saints, who we ultimately lost to on some bullshit. But <laughs> it was serious. Yeah. That whole game was we beat the shit out of them, but we kept just handing the ball, literally handing it. Like they wouldn't even touch us, and Peterson would just like put the ball on the ground. It was fucking pathetic. But yeah. um. No, yeah, Dallas was super favored in that game. I mean, not like big favorites. I think, you know, the line, though, was probably pretty even. And a lot of people were picking I, Dallas to win. I think I think Dallas's problem, and it's always been my problem, and like a lot of fans' problem is like Dallas will beat good teams. But, like, they've always had um, Peyton Manning's number. But they've never had Brady's number because they've never beat Brady. They've never beat Aaron Rodgers. Um, they, Favre is just fucking Favre. You know, uh, Donovan McNabb back in the day get constantly murdered by Donovan McNabb. And it's like we've never really beat these like good, good quarterbacks, like top five quarterbacks. And now we're playing Patrick Mahomes next week. And I'm like, you know, I I get that we literally won by 40, but man, it's Patrick Mahomes, you know. Well, it's a road game in the the regular season against a great quarterback. It's not the end of the world if you don't win. Oh, no, but, like, you know, the last two times we went to the playoffs and looked like we had a chance. Like, Dak's rookie year, like, when we went 13-3, and that year looked really, really good. And then, you know, he stood toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers just had one throw that got him in the field goal range. That's all it took. And, you know, that's what puts you in a top-five quarterback position over everybody else, that one throw that puts you in the field goal range. And it's just, uh, Packers, fucking hate the Packers, man. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> my number one arch enemy. Ah, uh, fuck that. Green Bay and, and the, the New 49ers. Orleans. <laughs> I'll never get. I'll yeah. never get. I mean, we've beat New Orleans twice in the playoffs since that game. We had the miracle, the Minneapolis miracle, uh, last second touchdown by Diggs, um, in the divisional round, and then we beat them a couple years later in uh, I think the wild card round, um, but in New Orleans. But that 2009 NFC Championship, I'll never get over it. That that team should have won the yeah. Super Bowl. I'll, I'll just never I, get over I, it. So I will never get over the uh, Des caught it because that that the entire month of November and December we went undefeated and we weren't just beating teams; we were destroying them, like yeah, brutally massacring them. And when we beat the um, Lions in the wild card, I was like, "Holy shit! I think I think we have it." And it, I remember playing as day we were in field goal position. It was fourth and one. We could we were number one rushing team in the league, and we could have just ran it for the first down. Like I, I we would have got it, but they he's Romo Saldez one on one, and that would have been the game. And fuck, they said he didn't catch it. Mike McCarthy threw that fucking challenge flag, and when he came over here, the first question they asked him was like, "Do you think Des caught it?" He's like, "Oh yeah, he caught it." 
I'm like, oh, fuck. He said that? Wow. Yeah. That fucking piece of shit. (laughs) I love him to death. (laughs) Like, like he came into Dallas and, you know, flushed the Jason Garrett away. I like how we're like 30 minutes into this and we've talked like alluded to Halo. (laughs) I'm I'm watching Des Bryant right now. That's a catch. Yeah, that is a catch. (laughs) I mean, it hit the ground, but he had possession and then he rolled over. Like, yeah, it, it loosened, but he had possession. Like, it, it got loose, but he never lost possession of it. So, I don't understand how that's not a catch. Yeah. The Is that NFL a catch now? Came out. Is that a catch now? If uh, they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah and then he just switched hands. That's fine, yeah, but he was on ca- his back when he switched hands. That's stupid. <laughs> exactly. I forgot how bad this was. Oh, man, dude, that literally, like, the Cowboys fans What down like, was that? What down was that there? That was fourth down. That was, that was fourth, fourth down? Oh, fourth fuck that. One. I hate the Packers. All right. That that cost <laughs> that cost us the game because we had the number one rushing offense in the league, and DeMarco Murray was killing it And because we had Tyrone Smith. We had fucking um, the same guys we have now minus um, Travis Frederick, who recently retired. Um and we would have got that first down, but they saw Des one on one on the outside, and Roma was like, "Nope, I like that." And it was a fucking catch, and that cost us the game on a fourth and one. It's just like so they got the ball back, and what did they do with it? Did they score at that point? Um, no, they just bled out the clock, and we had like fifteen seconds left. It was really was they used that much clock. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking damn, dude. It, I don't remember that, that game I'll, that well. Like if if you ever talk to like a like a room full of Cowboys fans, they'll always point to that moment and be like, "That was like if we had a year, that was our year." And fuck, ah uh, man, because that was Romo's really last year before he broke his back yeah. twice. So which fucking sucks, but whatever. Now we have Dak, and hopefully he doesn't break his back. I know he already broke an ankle. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. You can relax for about a month and a half here before you have to get too nervous. Until until Dak decides to lower his shoulder to put up a 40-burger. Yes. Because <laughs> he did that yesterday. It was like, what is it, it was 36 to yes, 3. Yes, uh, like, like Michael Irvin. Run it into the end zone. Michael Irvin tweeted something like, don't do that or something like that. <laughs> like, don't. Dak we need you alive. Money. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, so. Well... Anyways, I guess now should we talk about this book? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab another beer and then right. I think I think honestly our our thoughts on this chapter are gonna well for me personally I usually take a lot of notes but I didn't take no really any notes this time around because it reminded me of something out of like Interstellar and it's just straight action. No, I think this and will be our shortest it, review portion by far, by far. Yeah, um, and prediction it, and it ends it ends in like just like the weirdest thing yeah. like. It's very anticlimactic. Not bad, but anticlimactic. I'll grab a beer. Funny enough, though, somebody did uh, DM me and asked asked two things. One of them, um, somebody asked if we could do Fall of Reach next. We're not going to do Fall of Reach next. Um, We are doing Primordium. And then uh, somebody else asked if our podcast is in chronological order. It is, but it gets kind of fucky after the third Forerunner book. So, Sorry, I grabbed something, too. Was that? I I just got back. I grabbed a drink too. So, oh no, it's okay. All right. So, the final part of Cryptum. 
We're finishing this bad boy off today. What's the next one we're reading? Uh, it is called Primordium. It, Primordium. Um, just so you're not like blindsided, it does shift perspectives. It's not. It's it's different characters. It's not born stellar. That maybe. N- no, not from what I can remember. We scared away the Athorian historian with Halo talk. Um, oh, every time I hear the boom, yeah, like, who the fuck? Um, well, I don't. What do we really want to say about this? I mean, this was more of just wrapping things up. Um, and there was more action than we've seen in the first three quarters of the book. So um, a lot of it was just it was escaping, confusing. you know, and it, yeah, and it was confusing too. At times, I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> um, because I like. You know, he said in the, the like the previous chapter in the run up that the didact was summoning him, which wasn't the case. Like he had a court appearance and I was just like, wait, where's the didact? And then you see um, the uh, master builder come out and then you see him freak out and everybody else freaks out. And I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess confused. where we left off, Born Seller was being called to the capital city because we were told that the Master Builder was no longer in power and that the Didact had uh, taken back control of uh, the council. is what it was, like They literally said that. And then yeah. when Bornsteller gets to the capital, uh, he goes with uh, the counselor that he saw his dad speaking to secretly on his home planet. Um, but when we get there... Um, the flood! The, Sorry, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the flood is a thing. But like... The didact is not there, like, um, at all. Like, I assumed that, like, he would go meet with the didact immediately and we would get some sort of information from the didact about what's going on here. But you don't even, you don't see the didact again in the rest of the book at all. Just gone. Nope. Um, and later on... Chakas and Riser. Yeah, they're gone too. So, pretty much the people that we, the characters that we spent the vast majority of this book with are just... Wiped off. Just, I don't know what happened to Chakas and Riser. It's implied later in the book, towards the end, it's implied that the original Didact is dead. And I say the original Didact because that <sighs> is like the biggest thing to take away from these chapters is that Born Stellar becomes more and more one with the Didact. Um, Even in his like mannerisms and speech. Like his man, yeah. And he can't stop it. Like he he's conscious of it as it's taking hold, but it just kind of takes over his whole personality, like, really. Like the entire book has been like this philosophical like battle between whether Bornsteller actually has a choice or not, and it's confirmed in this last part that he absolutely fucking does not whatsoever. Yeah. And like body, mind, spirit, armor, um, sexual orientation, um, wife's like he has no choice. Like yeah. the even the librarian's like you're mine now. Yep. He's like I guess. Mhm. <laughs> yeah, so I mean he is the new didact. Um I guess do we have like a formal title for him? I don't know. I don't think they gave him one, um, but Well, there's the Erdidact and the Isodidact. Um uh, I have to I think the Erdidact is the original. And the isodidact is born stellar. Yes, isodidact is born stellar. Mm-hmm. So okay, technically so he's he the becomes didact, the, the he's iso. the didact, but he's the isodidact, so it's just a variation of the yeah. didact. Now I you know I had said 
earlier, I was like, I think that's the didact from Halo 4. I think I said that. I don't know if he's the didact from Halo 4 now, though. I mean, because he could totally, like, pass his shit on to somebody else. You know, I mean, I don't know where that's going to go. Um, but, I mean, he is... I was right. He is the didact. So, uh, I knocked that out of the park. But I don't know if it's the same one that we're going to see in the actual game of Halo 4. So, that's still up in the air. I think it's possible. Who knows? Um... But I, I don't know, like one the, the thing that I found very interesting in the first part of what we read here uh, was the information that uh, Born Stellar got um, about the differences that the Didact had uh, with the Council. Um, the Council really pushed, the Master Builder really pushed the creation of the Halo Rings uh, mm-hmm. to deal with the Flood after they heard about what the Flood did to human worlds. Um, and the master builder like really like hammered home. We want this, blah blah blah. Um, but the didact was like much more sensible in his solutions. Like he proposed fortresses that are like called shield worlds, and he wanted to just monitor for potential flood outbreaks and then deal with them on an individual basis. Whereas the master, the master builder is pushing for this like no, we just nuke the entire fucking star system, and. You know, so like the didact to me is much more of what I thought a forerunner should be, whereas well, the master also, builder is like just oh. insane psychopath. Also, um, small note that like when the didact or born seller is talking to like um, these other people in the shuttle, that they look like a more sophisticated and evolved version of forerunners. So I think that, and I'm like, hmm, are these like. Is this how the forerunners are supposed to look in, like, you know, Halo? Um, uh, um, what is the anime called? Halo Legends. Evolutions. Legends. Legends. Yeah. 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 So that that's kind of like that was my first and immediate thought was like, oh, so this is like the new evolution. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean the uh, the counselor, that counselor that um, uh, Born Seller's dad was talking to. They do have some lines in there. I didn't mark it down, but he has a very distinct look, like a new, updated look for Forerunners, kind of. Um, which I don't know. It, it sounds like it's supposed to be more aesthetically pleasing or something. But then again, I also remember back to when we first met the Master Builder, and like Born Seller was like, "The suit sucks, but I'm kind of horny." <laughs> like <laughs> he's supposedly this like yeah. perfect bean, but I don't. They implied that like with the with the counselors, like they had like a new look and they're like a new forerunner style. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look and see if I can find it. Yeah, but in Halo Legends, like the uh, the forerunners that you see in there, it looks it. like a court of owls or some shit from fucking Batman. Like it's like yeah, <laughs> it really does. Like, and I think that one of those was the didact, right? Um, I don't was think the librarian? so. Was it librarian? The didact was. Uh, I think the didact was a new, just a relatively new character when like Halo Four came out, and yeah, I think so. But the li- what one the the main forerunner from that Halo Legends anime, the short with the flood when everything's and they preserve. I, was that the librarian? Because that sounds like a very librarian yeah. thing to do to preserve all those species. Yeah, that that was uh the librarian. Um, because doesn't it start out with an Ancilla talking about the librarian and then I don't remember. It's, it's been so long. I got to rewatch it. Uh, it's really great. But I love it. I just, I need to rewatch it. Maybe we can watch that, uh, forerunner one after we do this. That'd be good. An episode on it because I mean, technically it's canon. Um, 
So it says here on page on the paperback of 239, it says, um, uh, may I ask you a personal question, counselor? Ask away. Your smile. I'm a part of a new pattern, more natural. Some call it uh, atav- atavistic. That's a cool word. But rather than being subjected to many mutations over a matter of centuries, we undergo an economical series of changes over a single domestic year. Our endpoint is less rigid, less distorted, and ornamental. Who's we, counselor? We became builder families, mostly, but a few among us are warrior servants. And then the didact within him says, be wary. Sure. So Okay. Well, there's that. So it's like the didact's like, eh, I don't... You know, I don't like this uh, change in tradition because technically they're trying to dismantle everything that a forerunner actually is or was. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of makes sense with the destruction of like the precursor artifacts and what's going to happen. So Didact just takes it into his own hands, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, naughty boy. I like the Didact, though. <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, they bring Bornsteller to this trial, um, and it takes place in this. Uh, I, I I like the way they describe the capital city. It sounds very cool looking. Um, the Forerunner capital, um, but the trial very takes place almost Blade Runner esque. Yeah, cleaner. Yep, sounds very clean. Um, the trial takes place in an arena of some kind, or it's um it's an amphitheater. It's just got, but it's like five hundred people there and when yeah. i when i was originally like thinking about like this trial that he was going to i kept like i couldn't get out of like just like a boring ass like standard like courtroom you know like oh i was thinking the phantom menace because he was like out of like millions of people you know there's like 500 people here to represent like entire solar systems yeah whatever. and i'm like hey i've seen that in a movie before but yeah it's cool it's like this cool like um amphitheater and um the judges are various different classes. Like there, was there no? There was not a war. Was there a warrior servant judge? I know there was a, a life worker. There was a builder class. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was the only one I really made note of was the one he constantly had the hots for, like the warrior servant that was like escorting him everywhere. Yeah. Uh, glory, yeah, glory of a far dawn. <laughs> he was just getting fired up over her. Yeah, so we got Glory of Afardon, and uh, she definitely caught Bornsteller's eye. Um, and we have the counselor that he was paired with um, was called Splendid Dust of Ancient Suns. So we get more great names here. You, you can just call me Dust. Yeah, he calls him Dust because, I don't know, I guess Splendid Dust of Ancient Suns is a bit overkill for him. It's a little too much. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, but while the trial is about to get going, they bring out the master builder who's being put on trial. Um, and all of a sudden, like, there's just this, like, green light or I, you know, it's like this little green light thing and it goes straight up to, (laughs) it's like this little thing that goes up and just sprays green light onto, uh, the master builder and he like covers his face and he gets kind of scared. And then the, the light spreads all throughout the room and Bornsteller just like, his armor just goes just kaput. Like, it's just, like, dead. Like, just goes dead, and he's just, like, frozen. He's just, like, paralyzed. Um, and apparently this is a contender-class AI named Mendicant Bias. And all of this Mendicant Bias stuff, I got super fucking confused. This is where I was like, what's going yeah. on here? What the fuck is and, this? And and the setup was even more kind of confusing because, first off, we've never... We haven't, like, 
seen or heard or read a mendicant bias. But one of the like things to note is when this uh, monitor came out, because the monitor was the um, he he recognized him from uh shit. What's his name? We ran into him earlier in the book um, on the Forerunner world, right? Yeah. No. I'm trying to blame. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me too. Um, on his parents' it world. Says here. No, it was with the didact when he revealed the guy he took his mutation from. If I can find it. Ugh. It's like right before, because he's talking about Faber, a.k.a. the life builder. It says here, um, I think, let's see, 271. It kind of like paints the picture. Of the judges, two were builders, one a miner and one a life worker. A male, the first life worker I had seen since I was a child, and two were warrior servants. These were arrayed in the armor security. Thus were all rates represented except for the engineers, of course. The warden dissolved the fields around the master build. Well, the warden wasn't the warden. No. Am I am I drawing a potato blank? Is that? It's no, not ringing a bell. Probably not. Nah, it's not ringing a bell with me. I think I drew a false conclusion when I no, was fine. drinking and reading. But yeah, one of the things that I found funny was Faber. Um Let's not call him by the master builder's name because he's a piece of shit, I guess. Um, Faber, um, like, started freaking the fuck out when this monitor yeah. came up. And, and, like, it was cool because he else. was, like, super composed. And they really, like, wrote... It, Greg Bear really just, like, talks about how composed he is up until that. So when he gets freaked out, you're like, what? Like, this dude was, like, calm as shit. Just like, uh, you know, the epitome of just, like, somebody who's just, like... Completely headstrong, completely uh, firm in their beliefs, you know, in themselves. And then, like, all of a sudden, this fucking green light, and he just, like, freaks out. And then all their armor locks up. And then later it's revealed by the the Didact Center presence. Um, is, he said he's the creation of a Faber and I, or the Master Builder and I. Um, uh, mendicant bias has betrayed us. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So here, like, is just one element of... Born Stellar's armor completely being frozen and broken down to such a point that he doesn't have control over his free will. So that's just like one baby step. Yep. Um, but uh, he is saved by like he starts. He kind of passes out and he just like feels himself falling, and he's ultimately saved by uh, Glory of a Fardon. So the warrior servant that had kind of been assigned to his security detail when he got to the capital and. Uh, Splendid Dust of Ancient Suns was also saved by Glory of a Fardon. Um, so, like, yeah. shit is hitting the fan when Mendicant Bias goes off, though. Like, the the capital is just, like, under siege at that point. Fucking halo rings everywhere, yep. slip space hole, and it's just like, holy. Like, the last, when I was reading this, what I thought of was in Halo 2, when, um like this the slip space rupture that uh kind of destroys not really destroys but puts a hamper on um uh oh my god people are gonna say i'm not a halo fan um <laughs> new Mombasa, when like the slip space just completely shatters new Mombasa mm-hmm. from odst yep like that's kind of what it reminded me of like all the shit going into the slip space in earth it's just yeah that's a lot yeah i mean it's a lot 
it, the all this shit like that got into slip space when they escaped out of there reminded me of like the high republic and then i hill like the fucking it's <laughs> incident where they just like crashed and then like a bunch of shit dropped out of hyperspace just flying into the solar system um yeah i could see that too yeah um but yeah so basically a uh, medica bias like freaks out and it, there's 11 halos there now they make a big deal of it when they get to the forerunner capital there's like 11 of the 12 halos are there um and they're kind of just setting them all up but when mendicant bias um starts pulling the shit uh they bring in the 12th halo ring um and they also take control of like five other rings and their whole thing is like they're just gonna like nuke the fucking capital and um, so it's like a full-on revolt by this contender class AI, mendicant bias. I hope we learn more about these contender classes. Very interesting stuff. But that whole stuff, I just got kind of like my mind got twisted up. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? I don't know. What, this, what is this contender <laughs> class AI, mendicant bias? What the fuck is this shit? Um, yeah. Um, well, it, it, we will learn more about like... Like I can almost guarantee you that we'll learn more about uh, mendicant bias and like some of, like the way this ends is totally anticlimactic. And if somebody read this and was like, "Yeah, that doesn't really make me want to like read the next book," I completely understand. Yeah, you got to be um, kind of somewhat invested in Halo, I think, to read this book. Yeah. Um, As, especially considering the next book, the way it starts off and how it continues, is you're not with any of these characters. Sure. Like it's. You're starting all over again. And I think I like the second one the most because it's such an emotional book. But, like, I could totally see that if you're invested in this and you feel like you got fucked. Cause, yeah. But, it, I mean, it's it's good in its own way. Uh, sorry, I just <laughs> thought I'd throw that in there. No, I, I think it's true. Like, I mean, if I wasn't a fan of the games, like, I would not, especially this last quarter portion, like, it's just like, what the fuck is this, you know? But being a fan <laughs> of the games, I was like, more interested to learn more about these things that I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I'd assume anybody listening to this podcast at this point is probably Halo fans. So if they're reading the books, they probably would push through it, you know? Um, but so, uh, basically, uh, shit's going down, but, uh, the glory of a far dawn, the warrior servant saves, uh, born stellar and splendid dust of ancient suns. And they escape on a ship into slip space. Um, and really it's the didax like, uh, being within, uh, born stellar that helps them escape. Like you got to go here. You got to go here. The didact is, you can like, that's like the main thing of this whole quarter that we read here. It's the didax consciousness is taking, over born stellars and he's becoming the didact and all these old memories are waking up and all these strategies are waking up so they actually escape with basically the help of the didact who's not there <laughs> but he is there yeah. because he's basically born stellar now so um would you look at that yep very interesting stuff um and when they escape they go to a place called the ark and the Ark is where all of the Halo rings were constructed. And this is actually where the librarian is hanging out. Um, and he even senses the librarian. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, Born Stellar uh, hangs out there for a while. He just kind of vibes with some animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Ark sounds like a very beautiful place. Like, there's tons of species there. And the librarian is, a you know, a life giver. So, uh 
you know, the librarian is very big on preservation of life, um, healing. So he vibes for a while with some animals until it's time to go meet with the librarian. I don't know. I guess he had to unsully himself or something. I don't <laughs> like you're not ready to meet her yet. Um, <laughs> he had, he smelled her and was like, I must yeah. unleash. <laughs> so he just like hangs out with, you know, like, I don't know. I can't remember what the beast sounds like. A, to me, it's just kind of like a big grazing buffalo of some kind, just chilling with them, <laughs> like out in the ark, uh, out in the wilderness of the ark. Um, but yeah, so I mean, when he goes to meet the librarian, that's pretty much the last chapter. They bring him in to meet the librarian, and he kind of realizes, like, oh, I am the didact now. And she tells him that the original didact is dead, and you are all I have now. And husband and wife are reunited in a very odd and non-traditional way but they're reunited in a certain way because <laughs> born stellar is basically more didact than he is born stellar at this point yeah i mean i don't know you know even several books in, i didn't know what to think of like that because man that shit doesn't go away like i feel like you're reminded a lot it's like hey you're screwing around with the Didex. I mean, your wife. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's like that. But, you know, I, I do... There. Oh, wait, never mind. Continue. I was going to talk about the precursor. <laughs> no, go ahead. I mean, the, the, the precursor no. was a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that he finds out through an assortment of the Didex knowledge was the conversation he had with the the lost one or the person, the prisoner that has been... That is per, it's been like, referenced throughout the book. Um, yeah like and it's yeah, it's and implied that's this very dangerous thing throughout the book like and yeah yeah and from like like from chapter 42 that's really from the perspective of the didact like born stellar has pretty much taken the um the persona or you know the biology of the didact and it says here on 314 to 315 again paperback uh 10,000 year ago 10,000 years ago on charm hakor before I resealed its cage, this is what the captive had to, had said to me, speaking in ancient Digon, which it had to have learned from a far distant ancestors. We meet again, young one. I am the last of those who gave breath and shape and form millions of years ago. I am the last one of those of your kind who rose up and ruthlessly destroyed. I am the last precursor, and our answer is at hand. And Now, yeah. there's a couple... The, I mean, and what's what's uh, most notable is that there are no precursors in the Halo games. No. So, but their but answer, have, their answer is in the game. <laughs> yes, I have I have mentioned before that every single character, for the most part, in these games that are featured, that are main characters, wind up having a role in the main games, whether that be subtle or whether that be not so subtle. Um, I do recommend that you listen to uh, Primordium in audiobook form, um, just for the ending. So, I'm, I'll say that. Yeah. I'll say that because it's really fucking good. Yeah. So the answer uh, we do learn a lot about it. Um, but there is one other thing outside of Born Stellar becoming the didact that really hits you in these final chapters is just the history of the flood that we learn. Um. And how humans kind of discovered it. Um, and it took a super long time for it to take hold. Like they found, what? Did, how did they describe it? It was in, uh, it was like, a, it was an abandoned ship that they found. And it was in some tubes, basically. Um, 
And the stuff they found in tubes, oh. they like took precautions with it and they tested it in all these, you know, in all these lab laboratories. Oh, are you talking about the flood? Yeah. Um, earlier in the book, yeah, like it's kind of like Alien, like the movie Alien. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean that's and that's. Just, I mean we're way past that. It was like early in the chapters yeah. that we read, but I thought it's I was worth going back that, to it. But you were um, on a roll. Oh no, yeah. But I think it's worth going back to it because it's interesting how we learned about the flood. And so the humans started finding this uh, use for this stuff that they found. And they actually applied it to like, I don't know, their space dogs, I guess. Um, And they made them more like (laughs) obedient and smart pets. And they used it for generations on their pets. Um, And it, it, it just kind of helped them be like better trained and stuff. And it's... Seems just like a very innocuous yeah. thing that they tripped across. They didn't find anything negative. But slowly over time, it evolved little bit by little bit till eventually it became the flood. Um, it, and, and it sounds like it was like thousands, if not millions of years before it became the flood as we know it. Yeah. Um, also yeah. very relatable to now is they would, some cultures would evolve these animals and then eat them. Um, and then humans wound up having negative reaction to the substance. So, yeah. um, the flood evolved in not only intelligence, but stupidity. So, I mean, it just, it went everywhere. So I'm assuming that their answer is the flood, right? Am I correct in that? What do you, what do you mean? Like the answer at the end, that last line, like, uh, with the precursor. Um, oh, oh, yeah. And our no, an- I am the last hard. precursor, and our answer is at hand. Like, because he does say, like, oh. you killed us all. I'm the last one. So, is there revenge then, the flood? Because that's kind of what I took from it. Well, well, they mentioned subtly that recently, the last 300 years, they did find evidence of the flood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there is evidence that they're sticking around. But also, we will in this trilogy, I will admit, get an explanation. Or at least a hint to why the forerunners couldn't fight off the flood. Who created the flood? Um, some stuff about the hive mind. Okay. Some stuff like that. And but, you I know mean, the humans. This trilogy, this trilogy ends with the rings being fired. I mean that. I mean that's obvious. Yeah. So. And the interesting oh, thing man, about the first, the first encounter with the flood, it it happened to the humans. Um. Uh, and it, it, you know, the humans encounter with the flood and their war with the flood also played into their ultimate, basically being brought to the brink of annihilation by the forerunners. Um, but the humans actually like batted off the flood on the initial go around with this shit. Like they, but at the same time, um, they ended up getting into war with the forerunners and they just couldn't fight wars on two fronts and ended up getting just almost annihilated. Um, yep. I just find it interesting as we go forward in like the Halo universe that the humans were the only ones to like successfully actually like fucking put the flood at bay and like protect themselves ultimately, whereas the forerunners succumb to them. You know, I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I will I will say there is the, there's there's subtlety there. And a very specific reason for why that is. There, there's subtlety there. I just think it's because it, Master it's Chief actually, is it's actually <laughs> such a beast. It, what, what was that? I was just using it as an example of like an analogy. Like, yeah, Master Chief's a fucking beast, and in the end, he's gonna win. You know, it's all gonna come. Well, in, well, yeah. Like it's humanity perseveres. The, yeah, yeah. When the the flood comes back in the games, it is like 
humanity against the flood. Yeah. But I wouldn't. But in the books and like history and lore, it's not really humanity against the flood. Like no. there's a reason why like the forerunners lose. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was pretty cool. Not, like yeah. looking forward to the games, like that line that humanity yeah. did defeat the flood initially. And then we end up dealing with the flood all those years later when we get to the games with master chief, you know, and it's just like, it, it's dope. Humanity kind of has. It sounds like humanity might have the floods number or something like that. You know, this humanity is uniquely equipped to fight them. I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah, Halo Four kind of. Me- oh man, yeah, Halo Four kind of mentions like it alludes to the fact that Master Chief had a librarian's purpose. Okay, cool. I gotta play that. I, mean, I gotta play. I mean, the again. newest. Oh man, like the newest games are kind of setting up like some of the Forerunner stuff, right? You have mm-hmm. Master Chief, which is kind of like Didact. You have Cortana, which is kind of like Mendicant Bias. And then, you know, it's like, ah, there's there's so much there. But, I'm, you know, I'll take take a step back and just chill with it. And the Sanchium <laughs> are super hot in the Halo games. Oh, so, <laughs> at least an <in> infinite. <laughs> Everybody's hot. From what. From what we saw in Infinite, because my lord, when that person danced around, I was like, who that? Who that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, good lord. It wasn't. A- Shit, even. Go ahead. Even the elite that's like the Spartan killer in the Infinite trailer, I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to open my boundaries a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I mean. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I, you know, it was. Um, there was the least amount of stuff to really get to, but there was some big plot development that we got in that last, you know, the story of Born Stellar really like goes at warp drive here and <laughs> Born Stellar is no more. So it was it was um it was not as philosophical as the previous chapters that we had read. Um I would say it's just more much more of like traditional storytelling. But I found it very interesting, and the information that it laid on us is going to be really awesome going forward in this little project of ours. Yeah, I I will say I think this is, um, I think this is an incredibly well written book. I but it is my least favorite. I I will say that. Like I have no problem admitting. I think it's Primordium, Silentium, and I know Silentium is like everybody's favorite. Um, for what it does for the Halo lore, but sure. um, this one is 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 like my dead last least favorite book. And again, that's not saying this is a bad book. I just I think the way it ends really, I just think it messes up with people who kind of were invested with it because it's kind of like like think about the ending now. It's kind of like oh things just kind of like end, you know. Well, I can say you know I was yeah. really praising the book the first three quarters, and I still enjoyed the last quarter of the book, but it just kind of. It's a different tone than what you had gotten accustomed to in the earlier chapters. And so, yeah, I don't know. It kind of um, took me out of it a little bit. I still love the book. I think it's super well written. Um, But, yeah, I can totally see how a book, once we get this more established, like a Primordium or Silentium. How do you say it? Silentium? Silentium? Either Silentium or Silentium. I I could totally see going forward how, like, you take the best of this book and then apply it forward and it just becomes a really fucking sweet book from cover to cover. I don't, do we want to do things like ratings? I don't even really discuss this, but I, you know, do we want to do just like a one through 10 rating on the books that we're going to read, the games that we're going to play all that shit. I actually thought about this. Um, yeah, we can. Um, uh, 
I, I thought about it because I was like, man, what would I rate this? And I, I thought I had a rating, but now I'm kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. I was going to originally give it a nine. Okay. Because I thought nine was fair, but I think it's more like an eight, seven and a half, eight. Yeah. I was going to say uh, I'll give it a seven and a half. Um, just because, yeah, because of I've, the confusion. I feel like everything was so good, but it didn't get paid off. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, but that's one of the nice things about reading everything and going through all this, you know, some of the stuff that you're kind of like, well, what the fuck happened there might get paid off in the end. So, whatever. Yeah. Then we'll see. So, we got a seven and a half and an eight. Um, So, seven and three quarters. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not bad, though. I take that out of the book. Seventy-seven percent, and so round. I mean, seventy-eight. Yeah. Or whatever. And when we meet up next time, it's going to be the first quarter of Primordium, so that should be interesting. Ooh. So I'm excited for it. I love that book. Yeah. So that's what we got to look forward to. So if you're following along in the podcast, uh, finish up Cryptum if you haven't already, and then hop on board with Primordium and start reading that with us because that's what we're going to be doing over the next two weeks, and then we'll talk about it. Yippers. All right. Um, also, go play Halo Infinite. Yeah, go get, go get it. It's out. Halo Infinite multiplayer. Go get it done. Um, and don't play GTA Collection because apparently it doesn't exist yet. So it's a uh, it's been pulled and from our grasp. Go get a refund. Go get your refund. <laughs> play Cyberpunk. All righty. Um, I don't know, you got anything else, Ty? No, that that's it. I'm just really excited for. Uh, Primordium. I I've only listened to the audiobooks of these uh books, so I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see like uh um how it's going to be actually reading it. So Yeah. All righty. Same here. I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. So we will see you in 2 weeks for part 1 of our Primordium episodes. Take care. Bro!